This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, it's 7.06 a.m. on Thursday, the 26th of October. You're listening to The Morning Run. I'm Shazana Mokhtar with Wong Xiaoning. We're going to kickstart this rather lovely looking Thursday morning with a recap on how global markets closed overnight. Okay, it's a nice day, but it wasn't such a nice night for (laughs) U.S. markets. Uh, They all ended in the red. The Dow is down 0.3%. And I want to highlight on a year-to-date basis, it is now in negative territory. It is down on a year-to-date basis also by 0.3%. And Nasdaq had its worst day so far this year, down almost 2.5%. So it's only up 22% on a year-to-date basis. Meanwhile, uh, we look at the S&P 500, it was also down 1.4%, only up 9% 9% on a year-to-date basis. So all these earlier gains that we saw throughout the year seem to be slowly disappearing. Meanwhile, if we look at the Asian markets, the Nikkei 225, however, was up 0.7%. Hang Seng was up 0.6%. Shanghai Composite up 0.4%. Singapore Straits Times, however, down by 0.2%. While our very own FBM KLCI was actually up by 0.5%. So for some thoughts on what's moving international markets, We have on the line with us Tony Nash, CEO of Complete Intelligence. Tony, good morning. Thanks as always for joining us. I would like to start with um, oil and gas. So shale oil has given the U.S. some measure of energy independence, but the number of operating oil rigs, a barometer for activity, has dropped 16% to 502 compared with the same time last year. How do you see the geopolitical crisis in the Middle East affecting the fortunes of this industry? Yeah, it's a great question. At this point, i I don't see there. I don't see too much impact at this point. There is a lot of pressure to continue to reduce crude prices, um, and you know we'll see uh, actions in markets. Uh, we'll see intervention by, say, uh, central banks uh, to try to reduce crude prices. But I think we'll also see, even with the geopolitical risk in the Middle East, we'll see the um, the supply from Iran continue uh, to hit global markets. Uh, we saw with the geopolitical issues in Russia and Ukraine that Russian oil continued to hit markets. So, you know, I think the go-to place for crude traders is, oh gosh, geopolitical risk in the Middle East. That must mean crude is going to crude prices are going to rise. Not necessarily the case. And if they don't rise, you probably won't see those rigs uh, come back online. Mm. Meanwhile, um, Tony, we have seen a lot of consolidation or quite some pretty big consolidation deals within the oil and gas industry. I think despite Mm -hmm. the volatility in oil prices, how do you see this trend moving forward? Well, uh, yeah, I think these companies are seeing that you know, if the 2030, 2035 goals are kept by a lot of the companies that have, or sorry, national legislatures uh, and regulatory bodies that are trying to kind of push a kind of green energy uh, and force, say, electric cars by 2035, which I believe California is doing other things, then really the markets for these guys are capped. So it's time to start consolidating. Hmm. Um, But if that doesn't happen, which we're starting to see some pushback on that, then it's also a great time to consolidate because, you know, we're in a sweet spot where uh, crude prices are, it's not too high, it's not too Mm -hmm. low. Um, And so, you know, we'll likely see more of these deals, um, not a lot more, but a couple more of these deals on the horizon. 
And let's talk about US markets. It's, well, mm-hmm. NASDAQ had a pretty rough day, down 2.5%, mm-hmm. pretty much the worst for the year. Uh, we did see Meta and IBM come out with their numbers, both actually beating street expectations. So what's mm-hmm. driving this nervousness? Uh, I think a lot of people are feeling that, at least for now, AI has played out. Um, you know, you, you had you even had Bill Gates today come out and say that um, large language models are not what people think they are in terms of the level of innovation, that sort of thing. I, I think large language models and AI are really cool, and I think there's a lot more room to run, but I do think valuations are very stretched right now. And with interest rates rising, it's very hard to stretch tech valuations much further. So um, a lot of these companies for the past, say, four quarters, you know, you can count the number of times they say AI in their uh, quarterly earnings mm-hmm. calls, and it's just increased. And, it, you know, it, as they've said AI more and more, it's just helped their share price. Uh, but I think that's a little bit played out. And mm-hmm. I think um, until people start to see real gains from AI outside of the chip makers like NVIDIA, real gains within corporate sectors, real gains within the user sectors, uh, then I think we may see valuations uh, as stretched as they can be, at least for now. Okay, so far about a quarter of the S&P 500 companies have reported earnings and apparently 77% of them have actually beat street expectations. So I'm not sure whether it's just the street being conservative or really corporate America is doing better than expected. So is, is there some contradiction? Because... You know, everyone's been talking about that recession that's coming, but just never seems to happen yet. Yeah, it's I mean, the recession calls are kind of a big game, too. So so it's a little bit of conservatism on behalf of uh, analysts um, and a meeting of the minds between, say, the CFO of the publicly traded companies and analysts. And everyone wants to everyone wants to beat their earnings. Right. So it's a game like everything. It's a game. And so. You know, we saw Meta beat and, we, you know, we saw Microsoft beat and, all you know, all this stuff. And so that's great, but it's a game number. You know, nobody's going to put a number out there that they knowingly that they're going to either meet or 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 not meet. Right. They all want to beat everything by a certain amount. So so it's a bit of a game. I think we've seen in sectors like real estate where things haven't gone so well. We've seen in energy where things haven't gone so well. And again, um, those energy valuations are down a bit, and that's created some room for some of those deals that we just talked about. Um, uh, sectors like materials and healthcare, they're down a bit as well compared to a year ago. So, you know, even though some of these current uh, firms beat, they are a bit sensitive to market conditions of debt and, and other things. And so, you know, it's it's not all good all around. Can we talk about U.S. business activity, which picked up in October Absolutely. after back-to-back months of stagnation, helped by a rebound in factory demand and an easing in service sector inflation? So do you see this trend continuing into 2024? Uh, yes. Um, so, you know, we, we've seen what we've seen with business activity is um, we have seen some prices kind of come off a little bit. And with service sector activity, Really, service sector inflation comes down to um, uh, the wages of service sector workers for the most part. Okay, so uh, as the as the rate of inflation for those service sector wages have started to slow, um, you've seen on a relative basis more activity, uh, and so a lot of this is is really uh, inflation slowing. 
and the impact of interest rate rises hitting markets. So in some ways, like we said, real estate and some other sectors, it's not a good thing. But in services, as we start to see some pressure on those prices, it is it can be a better thing for consumption because we do have wages rising in, in a lot of the economy, but costs have just continued to rise, especially in services. So as people are seeing some of those service uh, costs slow down a little bit, and in some cases even decline, people are more willing to spend. Okay, well, I've got a quick question on the yen. It's slumped yes, back ma'am. past 150 per dollar, weakest level this year. BOJ, are they going to intervene? Um, I think at 150, it's okay. I think at 155, it becomes a little bit uncomfortable. So I think it's a delicate balance, and um, you know they'll try to keep it at 150 as long as they can. But uh, it really all depends on what happens with the dollar. You know, with geopolitical risk, the dollar becomes more appealing generally, not in all cases, but it becomes more appealing generally as a safe haven. The yen is kind of a secondary safe haven currency, but it really depends on their monetary policy. And if they continue with kind of YCC and some of these other policies, um, you know, they really need to uh, tighten slightly, not a lot, but slightly. We, I, I'm sure you guys remember 2012. Maybe you're in school. I don't know. But maybe I'm sure you remember 2012 when um, Abenomics first came into uh, yeah. uh, into discussion. The yen was trading at like 76, I think, mm. right? And then within a month or two, it was in the 80s or 90s. And and it it ripped really quickly. Yeah, Tony, I'm um, the only say, one in the room that is that remembers that. <laughs> right. You and I. So, I read history right. books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, so these, you know, the yen can can really fluctuate. So it hits these, you know, these extremes, and once they change policy, it can really boomerang back fairly quickly. So, if they made some policy tweaks, we could see a yen at one thirty or you know one thirty five mm-hmm. or something like that. And it sounds like it's a long way from here, but it's actually not. Tony, thanks as always for the chat. That was Tony Nash, CEO of Complete Intelligence, giving us his take on some of the trends that he sees moving markets in the days and weeks ahead. A lot to watch there, especially as we're in the thick of earnings season. And uh, speaking of that, let's talk about some of the earnings that have crossed our table this morning. A meta third quarter profit and revenue beat analyst expectations thanks to a recovery in digital advertising ahead of the holiday season. We saw this exact same mm. trend with Alpha. A bit yesterday, they also uh, saw digital advertising recover. Um, so Meta is also seeing the same thing. Revenue rose by 23%. It's the fastest gro- rate of growth since 2021. Uh, they achieved $34.2 billion, better than the expected $33.6 billion. Okay, so at the same time, their operating margin in the third quarter doubled to 40%. It's best in two years. Now, a lot of it is also actually driven by their cost-cutting measures, right? They're keeping an eye on this uh, because they're a bit uncertain in terms of the outlook. So the best thing to do is just really just not spend very much money. Uh, remember their augmented virtual reality thing that they're so the hot The metaverse, about? it yeah. was all the rage a while back. I, I, it's largely forgotten right now. Well, it's cost them $3.74 billion in operating losses. So you might have forgotten, but they're paying the price of <laughs> your forgetfulness. Uh, clearly, it's not going to turn around so quickly. Since the start of 2022, this division has lost close to $25 billion, but Mark Zuckerberg is plowing ahead. He's not giving it up. Um, 
So the outlook, they expect revenue to come in between 36 and a half to 40 billion for the fourth quarter. Analysts will, however, expect sales of quarter for that quarter of 38.5. So kind of like the analysts being a bit chicken and really coming in in the middle. Now, does the street like this name? The answer is still yes. 60 buys, 7 holes, 2 sells. Consensus target price, 373 US dollars and 87 cents. During regular market hours, the stock was actually down 13 US dollars to 299 US dollars and 53 cents. The stock still up 148% on a year-to-date basis. Well, Meta has found itself in a bit of a legal pickle over in the US. We've got several states that are actually Actually filing a lawsuit against Meta for its addictive qualities uh, impacting the mental health of um, the younger generation. We are going to get more into that social media impact a little later in the show. Uh, 7.19 in the morning. We're going to head into some messages, but we'll come back to cover the top stories in the newspapers and portals this morning. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.